Comics. Movies. Music. Video games. Technology. Blu-ray. Television. This is the HHW LOD Podcast Network. You're listening to the Jersey Shore Podcast. Welcome to Jersey Shore. I'm Jordan from Jersey. Joined this week by... Pierce. Hey, guys. And this week, we're talking about one of our favorite things. But before we even talk about that, we should say this episode topic was suggested by our listener, Matthew Marks, who wrote in over a month ago, almost two months ago, to request that we talk about this subject. We said we, were, we would, we were always planning on it, but that subject is Guardians of the Galaxy. We just wanted yep. to wait till it's closer to when the movie I'm just saying, like, it's, it, it was inevitable, but, you know, there's a timing seeing as there's a movie coming out, so. Yeah, so Guardians of the Galaxy, we're going to talk about the Abnett Landing run, starting yep. in 2008, we're going to talk about the Marvel Now run, so pretty much full spoilers for both of those. We're going to talk about what we know about the movie, and a little bit about the old school Guardians, what little I know about Wait, them. we're talking like old school, like original, the original Guardians, like Yondu, Astro, and, and yeah, yeah, all, yeah right. all those, yes. Alright. <laughs> so... Pierce, how'd you find out about the Guardians of the Galaxy? Do you really just want me to say you? Is that what I we're... don't know. I honestly don't know if it was me. I can't remember. <laughs> it was you. It, it was, was absolutely. Okay. Yes. There we go. That's my answer. You? So I'd been reading comics for a couple years. I was I was kind of in my infancy in comics reading. Yeah. Uh, when Annihilation came out, which was kind of the, the, the yeah. rebirth of Marvel Cosmic, which is all the, it's kind of self-explanatory, but the Marvel stories that take place in space, yeah. there had always been a Marvel Cosmic, but it had kind of fallen by the wayside in the decade or so before uh, Annihilation came out. I didn't read it. I thought the costumes looked awesome. Really cool looking costumes. But I didn't know any of the characters, so yeah. why would I read this? I was still new. I mean, I was very poor because I was like 15, so I had no money. So I was buying Spider-Man pretty much and a couple <laughs> other random things occasionally. Uh, then Annihilation Conquest came out. Again, those costumes look really cool. Um, and I think it was even specifically Conquest, where they started introducing a lot of the, like, Star-Lord's mask and stuff. Yeah. And I was like, that looks just really neat. Don't know who this character is, so I'm not reading it. Then Guardians of the Galaxy 1 came out. And I saw it, didn't think anything of it, and then, had, I don't even remember what website it was on, but I saw a number of reviews for it that were like, if you didn't pick this book up, you should. Hmm. So the next week I went into the comic shop, um, shop I still go to today, uh, Collector's Corner in uh, uh, Bronson, New Jersey, at the Bronson Center Mall. And I picked up that first issue. I've been reading it ever since. I fell in love very quickly. Um, I, I've still never read Annihilation Conquest. I've read Annihilation um, and never got around to Conquest. I must say, I don't think I'm, I tried to go back and reread the entire Cosmic, starting with Annihilation 4. And I think I got through Annihilation, but that's the first I got. And honestly, people say, oh, you should read it first, because that's where the team forms. Sure, but... I jumped into Guardians of the Galaxy number one, volume volume exactly. two, number one, which is the 2008 one by Dan Abnett and Andy Lanning, with no problem. Yeah. And so, who do we got on 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 that team? That version of the team, we've got Star Lord. That's Peter yep. Jason Quill. It's me. <laughs> who has had a number of very divergent origin stories throughout the years. I think the yeah the summation of which half human. The current version is half-human, half-Spartax, heir to yeah. the Spartax throne. That is not even not even 1% true in some of the versions of the Order of the Story. Right. Originally, he wasn't even a Marvel character, or not 616 character. He was a separate thing brought in, 
rehashed, 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 and then finally the the Brian Michael Bendis version yeah. is kind of the most current one, and apparently and the most streamlined one. And apparently, me. it's it, he doesn't call himself Star Lord; he is the Star Lord, which I, I think that's that a new element. Okay, it's, it's basically it. the name of the Prince of Spartax is the okay. Star Lord. Is the Star Lord? Okay. So you got him. He's like we said, half human, half Spartax. Yeah. He has a bunch of cybernetic implants, but for the most part, he's just a Basic normal yeah. kind of slacker dude. I don't even want to say slacker dude, because that makes it sound like a certain type of character, but he's happy-go-lucky isn't even the right term either, and he doesn't start that he way in Annihilation. just kind of roll with it and then do, like, do good, but just kind of roll with the punches at the same time. Like, eh. He's not even necessarily a good guy. He's a thief. He's kind of a ne'er-do-well, he's but he's Robin not a bad Hood. guy. He's Robin Hood, sure. basically. Robin yeah. Hood, yeah. And uh, then you have Gamora, Thanos' adopted daughter, uh, yeah. the most dangerous woman in the galaxy, or universe, I forget yeah. what the exact phrase is. Uh, she's green. Yeah. Do you need to know and, anything else about her? old school war next to nothing, really, yeah. Yeah, which I like how they're, they've reimagined that in the movie. They they found a way to take those uh, straps that crisscross her chest yeah. barely and work that into a realistic costume yeah, that works exactly. really well. I was ve- I was very happy once I saw a, like, I think it was a magazine cover with like a just straight on picture of her and I was like, oh they worked that in in a very cool and not completely yeah. horrifically and a lot better way. than I feel like the new run and I, maybe we can get into this but the whole Mass Effect feel that kind of has taken eh. over Guardians. But She's worn a couple of the things already in that run. She's had the red eye circles, which I kind of like as a thing because I didn't know how in the world they were going to work that into like reality. So I don't really have strong feelings either way whatsoever about her red raccoon eyes, which I never understood in the first place. Like, why does she even have these? Some things? characters do, like Domino. Whatever. Yeah, well, I mean that makes sense. Her name is Domino. She has to. Have I'm a pretty sure that's specifically makeup. But is it? I think okay, so. I didn't know. Or at that. least was at one point, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. So you got those two. Then you've got Arthur Douglas, known as Drax the Destroyer. Yeah. Human, whose family was killed by Thanos. He's the big purple bad guy you saw at the end of Avengers if you stayed through the credits. Well, Thanos is the big purple bad guy, yes. Yes, yes. Yes. Drax is green. In Drax, the movie. another green dude. Oh, wait, I guess we should say, with the movie characters, Peter Jason Quill, Star-Lord, played by Chris Pratt in the movie. Yep. Gamora, played by uh, Zoe Saldana. Drax, played by Batista, Dave Batista, the um, MMA fighter. I believe it's MMA. I know three people. I don't know the other green people, so... <laughs> um, so he's he was a human. He and his family, I believe, were killed by Thanos, and then his body was transported into this new thing made by, I think, the Guardians of the... or the Keepers of the Universe, or whatever it's called. and Whatever. It's complicated, it's not that important. Marvel's version of the Blue Dudes, yep. And he's destined to kill Thanos. Yep. And has several times, but it hasn't really taken... Yeah, I know, <laughs> like, kind of neutral, but hatred, it's weird. I don't know. Uh, then you have Rocket Raccoon, who yep. is a... Not a raccoon. He's not from Earth. He's from Half-World. It's complicated. He's also had several versions of his origin story. Well, yeah, because he's never been able to bring nail down. I, think, I prefer him with a British voice. I, I think the most recent one done by Abnett and Lanning um, as the backup story for Annihilator's Earthfall, I think that's the one they're still going with, and I think that's the coolest one. Which, which... Basically, he was security, head of security, I believe, or in security, not in security, or he was in the security field on this planet called Half-World, which was a planet-sized, or a planet that was just a mental institution. <laughs> and the idea was, okay. what should we make all of our staff look like? Well, if we make them look like cute, fluffy animals, that'll calm the patients and keep them docile. Okay. And it didn't really work very well, but so he was a genetically engineered cyborg 
thing yeah, that looks so like an Earth raccoon. Whole genetically engineered bit. Yeah, okay. that just happens to be kind of crazy and a tactician and awesome yeah. and your new favorite character just warning you now before you go see the movie um, for anybody who doesn't know Guardians of the unless, Galaxy unless you fall in love with Groot because that's totally possible <laughs> there's a lot of possibilities for your favorite character he yeah. will be voiced in the movie by uh, Bradley, Cooper. Bradley Cooper now you, you mentioned you prefer him with a Cockney accent yep it's so great <sighs> here's the thing when he was first introduced in the 70s I believe as Rocky Raccoon <laughs> named after the Beatles song yeah he was he was given a Cockney accent in that, like, first issue or two. Then he never had it again, ever. As and far as I know. Like, until, maybe once or twice. Until they put him in an MVC. They, they yeah. put him into Marvel vs. Capcom 3. They put him into Avengers Earth's Mightiest Heroes, the cartoon, and I think one other place where he was... Is, is he in the new video game, the Lego one? Yeah, and I can't remember if he has a Cockney accent or not. I'm not, not sure on that one. But... He was re-given that Cockney accent. I'd already been reading him for years at that point, and I'd never, ever heard that voice in my head, so it came off as weird to me. And in the movie, they're not giving it for that. And that's quite yeah. fun with me, because quite honestly, the voice Bradley Cooper is giving him in the movie is like 95% of what I had in my head already. I had a little bit more high-pitched, kind of like this kind of bruiser. That's, that's, that's you know, like point. a New York bruiser type thing. And I didn't have a voice in my head until, because like I've, I've mentioned many times, play fighting games... You know, you hear it enough on MVC 3, that's just kind of what sticks in your brain, and you get used to that. So, I, I'm not opposed to Bradley Cooper in any way, shape, or form, but that's just kind of what I got used to after, you know, having him shoot people a lot. So. <laughs> then you have Groot. Yep. Groot, the monarch of Planet X, although not actually that I was to say, I that was a bunch of BS, yeah. But for 40 years, that's what he was. He was the king of Planet X, until they retconned that away. No, he just kind of told people that. Wasn't actually true. Originally, he could talk just fine in the comics, and then in the 2008 version, they made it so he can only say, I am Groot. In different inflections. Different inflections, different you know timings and such, and, and kind of like Chewbacca, some people can understand him, yeah. other people can't, but he can get a lot across with just saying, I am Groot. Yeah. Voiced in the movie by Vin Diesel, and quite honestly, he sounds just like what Groot sounds like in my head. Yeah, and the like, Iron Giant. Wrong. Yeah, well, that's a good you know. Point I mean, that. it's it's pretty much perfect as far as I'm concerned, from what little we've heard. But that one line in the trailer of just "I am Groot," that is what I've always heard in my head for the character. I just really want a high pitched inflection because anytime I say "I'm Groot," I am Groot. I'm, Groot. I am Groot. <laughs> <laughs> and apparently, Vin Diesel did a whole bunch of different versions. And yeah, I so. just imagine that it took him one day. And he just said it in many different flexions. According to James Gunn, who was there when they were doing the... Uh, James Gunn wrote and directed the movie, for anybody who doesn't know. But according to him, like, Vin Diesel, for every line of the movie, he wanted to know where it was going to go. Okay. What was, what was the context? What was Groot thinking when he said that? Because he wanted to nail it. He didn't just want to say a bunch of different versions of yeah. I Am Groot. He wanted to legitimately act in this role. And, and people don't give him enough him. credit. Like, you know, he's always he, in Because he's in a movies. lot of terrible movies. Exactly. The but, fast movies and everything. Yeah. But he's also in some really good roles. Like the Iron Giant, which is just, yeah. you know... Again, it's not a very wordy character, but there's a lot of emotion in that voice exactly. for a robot, which is weird to say. But you know, he really conveys that in what little he, he has to work with. So that's the, the movie characters. Yeah. But in that 2008 uh, DNA run, the Dan Abnett and Andy Lanning, so DNA, DNA is what people often and call it. And let me say, it. that specifically is, is what convinced me to check it out. Because uh, for those of you that don't know listening, Abnett is a sci-fi writer. I don't know what Lanning, Lanning, Lanning? Lanning does. Um, but Abnett writes, uh, I don't know specifically, but he writes a lot of 
Warhammer-based novels, specifically Warhammer 40K, which is, you know, an area I'm familiar with, play the games, love the fluff, which is the kind of backstory to the games, and I've read a lot of his work. Actually, there's probably some on this bookshelf that I'm pointing to right now. Um, you know, he is a good writer, and more than the talking raccoon and giant tree dude, that's what won me over to the idea of Guardians, is this dude that I respect as a writer writing these comics. So, you know, as a push in case you're, oh, comic right, comics are in, well, this is a legitimate, well-regarded sci-fi writer oh, yeah. writing these. So. And about the time they started writing Guardians, I, I guess they'd started with Annihilation Conquest, but they started writing everything that was being published that was cosmic, for the most part. I think there was a couple yeah. outliers here and there. But they really made you know, took this corner of the Marvel Universe that wasn't being used, nobody really cared about. And and was don't get me wrong, there are some so people cheesy. who cared about it, but let's be honest, the majority of readers, they don't know who any of these characters are. And they said, well, nobody else is playing in the sandbox, let's make the most awesome castle ever. Yeah. And that's what they turned this universe into. We can do whatever we want, because no one else is looking over here, and they just did awesome things. But so in addition to those five main Guardians of the Galaxy that you'll see in the film... Um, in, in about a month from when we record this. August 1st, my birthday! Woo! <laughs> there are there were a number of other characters. The cast was much bigger in the comic, which makes sense. You know, yeah. you've, these are all actors. You have to pay and find a way to make them fit into the story. I think it was a smart choice that they went yeah. for a, a reduced they're cast in the movie. Warlock, they're not included. So yeah, you, you had Adam Warlock, or yeah. Adam Magus, who I knew nothing about going in, but he's Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde, if... Dr. Jekyll was an awesome superhero, and Mr. Hyde was the devil, basically. Yeah, he's just But, like, weird. a super-powered devil who's a super magician. And, and, and I went back and And read, maybe, like, the Antichrist of a weird space religion. I don't understand that either. I went back and tried to read the Thanos miniseries, which is, like, before Conquest and everything, before it, like, really got good. Was, was that Starlin? Jim Starlin wrote that, I think? I don't remember that. But it... it and the worst part was the backdrops. Like, it tries to explain it, and it looks like a website from the early 90s. Like, <laughs> with the worst wallpaper in the background that you can possibly imagine, explaining his backstory. I'm like, this is so bad. I'm so glad they came in and changed everything and made it good. So, yeah, so you have Warlock. Magically, cosmic powers. Sometimes he's going to be a good guy, sometimes he is not going to be a good guy. Yeah, You'll know if he's purple or not. If he turns purple, that means bad. Is it? I didn't even notice that. In the uh, yeah, I think he's kind of like jaundicey yellow when he's good. Jaundicey yellow, okay. And purple when he's evil. Okay. <laughs> if I, I remember correctly. That. I went back and reread all the, the DNA run about a year ago, and it still holds up very good. But uh, that, that's what I mostly remember about him. And real quick, shouldn't we also say uh, it's also being republished, I believe, in August? After the movie, because I looked it up, because I wanted to get the... the they, are, they are publishing an omnibus version, which will be yes. the whole thing in one book. Because most of it's out of print and hard yeah. to find in anything other than digitals. Um, so August range, I believe. Uh, yeah, right, right around there. Yeah. Look for it on Amazon. Because otherwise it's going to be very, very expensive. Uh, I would believe so, yeah. Unless you really want to support your brick and mortar. No, brick and mortars are not going to have it. You're going to find it only on like Amazon, where people really? are reselling old copies of the book for like a hundred dollars. Well, I meant like, the omnibus. I meant the. I don't think the omnibus has been published yet. What I'm saying is, when it oh, comes when out, it comes out, I gotcha. I thought you were saying no. Go to your bookstore now and buy them. I was like, they're not right now. No, no. I I looked. It's really hard to find. So then you have Philovel, who goes by Quasar in the beginning. Oh, she's the one that la- became the Moon Dragon thing. Well, and then then she became martyr later on That's after right. she yeah, died yeah, yeah. and weird things happened. 
she was the possessor of the quantum bands for a while, um, which is what makes you Quasar. I don't know her exact relation to the old Captain Marvel, um, Marvel, yeah, but it's, Mar-Vel, I, I think, yeah. I don't know if it's her, his daughter or niece, um, a lot of stuff was way before my time, and I, even if I've looked it up in the past, I don't remember what it was. Uh, then you have her girlfriend, Moon Dragon, who is okay. um, what's her real name? It's is it Danny something? I have no remember. But that. that's Drax's daughter. Okay, is her, not was that? Dead? I don't remember this part. I think she was reincarnated. She's a telepath. Everyone gets reincarnated. So you have the two of them, and and yeah. Moon Dragon can turn into a dragon, if I remember correctly. Yeah, she just totally turns badass for no reason. She's not in the series for a lot of it because she had just died recently before it yes. started, and then she's in like the second half. You have Bug. Who is from the microverse? Yep. Who is just kind of a weird, nerdy background character who does a lot of uh, kung fu type stuff. And goes but he's fun in the middle of like every sentence. Uh, yeah, like the word "tick" is kind of his like uh, yeah. his, his verbal tick. Where it is, he'll just be talking to tick, and and he'll uh, tick uh, to kind of exactly. tick, pause in the middle. And I didn't realize he was from the microverse until he just disappeared, and I didn't remember what happened to him. And then I started reading Minimum Carnage, and he's there. I'm like, what? What? You're what? from the Microverse, oh. Okay, fair enough. And then for the second bug-related character, we got... I can't remember her name, but she's Mantis. a green... Ch- oh, Mantis. But she's not... I don't think she's related to him in any way. Well, no, what I'm similar. saying, she is also bug-related. And is she the one who's a Celestial Madonna, or what's... I forget, is that Moonbagging or her? Mm, she was a telepath. She was definitely a telepath. She was, There's a she lot was, of telepaths on the team. Yeah, she wasn't Moon Madonna. She was just kind of like... She was the organizer of the team. like. Well, her and Cosmo. That's true. But like when it was just the team when they weren't at Nowhere, which I guess we'll get to in a second, she was the one to be like, uh, no, we need to do this. She was like the administrative assistant of the team. Team conscience as well, probably, I'd say. That's, yeah, that's fair. Uh, so you, we mentioned Cosmo. Cosmo. Cosmo is a Russian space dog who's yep. also telepathic for some reason. I have no idea why. I don't care. Well, He's how awesome. How is he going to talk? Uh, well, not talk, but uh, communicate. Communicate, yeah. Um, he is the head of security on the space station Nowhere. Which K-N-O-W-H-E-R-E. is the coolest H-E-R-E. Yeah. It is the disembodied head of a celestial that has been turned into a space station, kind of a, uh, not a negative zone, but a uh, neutral zone yeah. in, in space We've already seen it in the trailer for the movie, it so we know it'll good, be there, yeah. and it looks awesome. It's like a skull instead of just a helmet, mm-hmm. it and a spinal cord hanging back down in the background. Like, it's really neat. All signs point to Cosmo being in the movie. We don't know for how long. We don't I know can't imagine talk, they would skip that, yeah. But they've all but confirmed it by saying, just watch the movie. Basically, anytime yeah. it brings up, anybody brings up Cosmo, they're like... Just watch the movie and we can talk about it later. So I have a feeling he'll be there. My my sincere wish is that he will be voiced by uh, Nathan Fillion. Because <laughs> I think that's the best possible place for his cameo. We know he's going to have a cameo in the movie. Is he? I didn't we know that. Know well, because there was the rumor uh, last week as we record this that, oh, it's been confirmed he's playing Richard Ryder in the movie. He's going to cameo as Richard Ryder in the movie. Really? And that's my thing. To which I went, he's like 15 to 20 years way too old to play Richard Ryder. Why would you have that? I love, I know Lincoln Fillion. Which, I'm fine, because everyone wanted him as Lantern, and that didn't happen. So if he became every, Nova... Every nerd wants him as every character, regardless of whether it makes no, any sense every, or not. No, not every character. Like, there are a couple characters. Again, if they want him as Richard Ryder, that just makes no sense. They're both male. That's about the similarities what, they what, have. Yeah. Richard Ryder was a Spider-Man replacement. That's what he was created, to be the new teen super-powered character so people could look up to him the way they used to look up to Spider-Man before he got older. 
Okay, fine. I just want a lantern. Like, I just want a good lantern movie, but, okay? Leave me alone. But then James Gunn came out and said, no, he's not playing Richard Rider. He pretty much echoing what I said. That wouldn't make any sense. Um, but so my hope is, uh, is the voice of Cosmo, because then he can still play a character in the Marvel Universe, an- another character with his face, and That's, not just be the voice of a Russian space dog. I, I would have no problems with that, short of I wish he would be someone else just so that there could be another movie with him in it. That's really... Well, that I, is what I'm saying only... is, if he plays the voice of Cosmo, he can then be in another movie as a human character with okay. no problem. Okay, all right, I see what you're... Okay, that's fine. It won't be like, he can't play two characters because he's the voice of a Russian space dog. I don't and know who guy. else he would be, though, besides... People Russia. have said, what if they are walking through nowhere and you just see Captain Mal in the background from Firefly? That'd be so great! That'd be cool. It'd be a rights issue, though, I think. But they did Oops. have him dress up that way on Castle, which is on ABC, which is owned by Disney, just like Marvel. Yeah. So maybe that Stop wouldn't be Stop living in the past. Yeah, every nerd was like, don't make us get over this. Space Cowboy. It's not a thing, <laughs> It's not a thing, Stop living in the past. Never watched the show, but I've seen that scene several times. It's very funny. Anybody else in the team? Oh, so that's the, kind of the main so, yeah, body so of the team. Yeah. But then, all of a sudden, they find this guy in space who's in a full kind of bodysuit covering his, just every inch of him, and he's carrying Captain America's shield, so that's weird. Oh, that's, we're on a Vance now. Yeah. Okay. This is Major Victory, Vance Astro Victor. Vance Astro, I've seen it both ways. So I we're don't talking about the comics specifically. The comics specifically. Yeah, yeah, and the whole weird, yeah, standoff thing. So do you, what do you know about Vance Astro I don't know who he's supposed to be. I don't know if he's like... Uh, Steve got frozen again, or what? No. But he's... I, I know the original team is from the year 3000 or whatever. Uh, Badoon have kind of taken over. They're the last, you know, vigil against the Badoon. And they're the... Yeah. Yeah, so uh, the original Guardians of the Galaxy was the team was like Charlie 27 and Major Victory yeah. and a bunch of others. Major Victory. <laughs> I love that And they, so it was in the far future of the Marvel Universe, etc. and so forth. And you had this astronaut from our time who was frozen, a la Captain America, yeah. and has Captain America's shield in the future and is kind of taking, leading the Guardians of the Galaxy. Yes. Um, so why all of a sudden is he in the year... The, you know, the modern day, all of a sudden, instead of the year 3000, whatever. Yes. Well, there's this whole thing because of Annihilation, Annihilation Conquest, there's faults, which are basically rips in space-time, yeah. and things are coming through that aren't supposed to come through from the future, from other areas of um, of, of sp- different, like, and, dimensions. Well, and he was sent he, back by yeah, a time He was sent back by Starhawk. Sent back by the Guardians of the Future, basically, to yeah. help stop bad things that were coming. Yeah. But... So, you know, you actually do know, to an extent, or would probably recognize Vance Astrovic outside of that costume. Because Vance Astro is in the current Marvel 616. I figured he would be, but I didn't know who he was supposed to be. The character Justice on the New Warriors. Is it really Justice? That is him in the far future. He got frozen, he got thawed out a thousand years in the future, and that is him. As I mean, it makes man. sense with the psychicness and everything, but okay. So, that is him. He, he's in the Marvel Universe... And it looks like he's coming back, because they just announced the other day, again, as we record this, that Guardians 3000 will soon be published as another ongoing series about the future team, written by either Dan Abnett or Andy Lanning. I forget which one off the top of my head. I don't trust him. But it was set up in um, Guardians of the Galaxy, Volume 3, number 14. I was about to say, when they did the one issue with the one person. So it looks like they'll be coming back in time to try and stop the Badoon before it happens, which means they may also be in our time very soon. 
unclear whether they're going back to 50 years in their future or all the way back to now. We Which I'm slightly confused by because they've already established in the Marvel Universe how timelines work, and time doesn't work that way. It does, depending on the author. It it, uh, it it works however the author wants to work, wants it to work, or it just doesn't at all if you're Brian Michael Bendis and it's Age of Ultron. <laughs> okay. Save your money, don't Bendis, buy it. Alright, Bendis is a different category. Alright, he, he writes time travel however he wants to use it for that particular issue. Yes. It doesn't have to be consistent with anything else. Sometimes <laughs> it's good, sometimes like Age of Ultron, it's just awful. But, hey, Bendis gave us ultimate Spidey, I can't complain. That's beside the point. So, Though that those characters, that character shows up, Major Victor. He shows yeah. up in our timeline. They're trying to figure out what's going on. Then Starhawk shows up, uh, who's another Guardians two thousand. Which member. shows up as a woman. And well, first a man, then a woman. I think. I think he's there as a man. Constantly for an shifts. Yeah. And then he goes. And then then he's old. Then he's young. Basically, the future's in flux. Yeah. So the Guardians, using Doctor Doom's time platform, sent yeah. them back in time to try and fix things, and it's just getting worse. There's a lot of weird time travel shenanigans. Gets a little confusing there in the middle, yeah. but it's still a lot of fun um, with people traveling back and forth in time while other characters are dead and trying to get out of <laughs> random afterlifes and save people from cosmic abstracts like jealousy, was it or? I don't remember that. Yeah. It was like complacency or something like that. Complacency. <laughs> the world's least motivated villain. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I don't take you over, but I don't know. I forget exactly which cosmic abstract it was. But, uh, and that leads us all the way up to the Thanos imperative where Thanos comes back and there's the f- bad things start coming through so the So which is the kill Thanos. Which is the, the, um, the cancerverse. And basically yeah. it's a universe where death was defeated and so... Life just reigns supreme with um, Lovecraftian and Cthulhu-like beasts, yep. and so they've over outgrown their universe. So they're breaking into others, including ours, and trying to kill our avatar of death, which is Thanos. Which is no, no, which is Thanos's girl girlfriend. No, no, he's the avatar. They're they're still. Oh, I'm sorry. If you yeah. can kill him, he's the avatar, and then death is just his girlfriend. Right. Yes. It's it's a thing. Hopefully, they find a way to make it make very clear sense in the movie. We'll see. Um, I hope they don't even touch that. Like, I think I, I think if you're doing the Infinity Gauntlet or some version of that, you need to give him the motivation of why do you just want to kill a third of the galaxy? Why not? Because character development. <laughs> because motivations. Some people are just terrible. But that's that's more than just terrible. I all right. I I would rather a different explanation. Like I would just rather him be power hungry than be dating death. And them have June to explain that his girlfriend is a skeleton. Since it's coming after our Doctor Strange movie and oh, other things like that, Doctor like Strange. that'll give us time to, yeah. I think, kind of make those elements a little bit more commonplace in the Marvel Universe by then. It'll be coming after Doctor Strange, it'll be coming after Iron Fist. You'll, you'll have time to get into I, those wait, more... Iron Fist movie? How did I know? No, no Iron Fist movie. show. On Netflix. Oh, the Netflix thing. We did a whole episode about this movie. No, no, you're right, you're right. I was like, <laughs> I, that's why I was confused, because I didn't know about the movie. So... I think we'll have already introduced some of these concepts. Hopefully it won't be that hard a pill to swallow by the time Avengers 3 comes out. I mean, they're doing an Ant-Man movie, so okay. All right. right. Um, so Thanos Imperative happens, and the Cancerverse is coming. And everyone's like, oh, we got to work with Thanos. Oh, no. So they bring Thanos over to the other universe and try to trap him there to give that universe an, an avatar of death and stop the Cancerverse and all well, that kind of stuff. He would ascend from... I thought the whole point was he was ascending from Avatar 
to death itself. Something like that. Yeah. It was a really cool miniseries. I yeah. just don't remember the specifics and of that. And they fight, you know, Cancer Avengers and yeah. who were super creepy. I think they were actually the Revengers, if I remember correctly. Something like that where they and they also like Hulk had horns and everyone's demonic. <laughs> a lot of pentagrams and yeah. stuff. Yeah. So Star-Lord and Richard Rider, Nova, who we've mentioned uh, in yeah. passing, they kind of sacrifice themselves. Well, Drax is killed and then they trying to kill Thanos and it doesn't work. So then Thanos is trying to come back to our universe and wreak havoc, and they sacrifice themselves by staying behind and keeping him trapped in the universe, uh, the Cancerverse, while the portal closes. And let's all say, uh, before that, one of the most, and this isn't specifically Guardians, but one of the most epic, like, huge-scale fights that I think Yeah, where the read. Celestials and Galactus and everyone is coming to stop... The cancer first from invading, and it's just and then a ship that comes through with Galactus's skull like fifty times the size of a Galactus of our Galactus, yeah, yeah, just flies through, and I was like, ah, I, I think we're screwed. Uh, <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> so that's the end of Star Lord and Nova and Thanos. Yay! Un- Nothing else was ever written until, and there was a couple other. Um, Stories that that fleshed out the Marvel Cosmic. You had Annihilators, Annihilators, Earthfall, Jonathan Hickman's um, Fantastic Four and FF runs moved a lot of those pieces around. Well, didn't no wait? Didn't War Kings, Rebel Kings happen after Conquest? Yeah, but before Thanos Imperative. I'm saying specifically after Thanos Imperative. It was Thanos Imperative. No, you're right. I'm Annihilators, Annihilators, yeah, Earthfall, yeah, right, and then right, right, nothing. Right. Jonathan Hickman's Fantastic Four and FF. They moved a lot of those pieces around, and then his Avengers and New Avengers did as well. But then you also had in Avengers Assemble, all of a sudden, the Guardians are back. And not just the ones who are still alive, but Peter Quill's there. So that's weird. And Thanos, they're fighting Thanos. I haven't actually read this arc because it wasn't in Guardians itself. So I don't know exactly what happens, but it was like, what's happening? And then they relaunched Guardians of the Galaxy, written by Brian Michael Bendis. And Pete's back. No mention of Richard Rider. Thanos is back. Drax is back. He was dead. What's going on there? And... Nobody, and they talk about it. It's not like they don't reference it. They reference, um, you were dead, or you were trapped in another universe, and you're not telling us what where happened. Did, where did they reference it? Because I don't even remember that. I think it was either Mantis or uh, Gamora, like, confronts Pete and, and asks him, like, what is going on? You need they to explain what's happening. They reference the team disbanded, but they don't reference No, but it's referenced there as well. And then he goes right after that and speaks to Thanos, and they basically, he and Thanos have a secret that they're not talking about. Well, but the secret is that they were just going along, and then there was, like, this weird split in time moment where they all have. But there's more to it than that that we're going to find out very soon. Um, I hope so, with ori- the series not going anywhere. With Original Sin, we've already been told that, I figure, I think it's issue 19 or something, is or 18 or 19, is going to be the one where finally the secret comes out of what happened to Richard Ryder, why is everyone else back and not him? And what did they do, what deal with the devil did they make to get back? Well, that's true, because I do reference that. So we will find out in Original Sin soon what happened with everything in the Cancerverse, and why they're back. Yeah. It has thrown some people for a loop because people think he, he had no intention of answering it for some reason. When he, Since the beginning, he's been like, you'll get your answer. Just wait. It's a reason, the story's going in a direction, and when it gets there, it gets there. Just Ultron be patient. Did. Ultron did. <laughs> but I love the DNA run. The Dan Adam and Andy run yeah. is fantastic. People slag on this current Brian Michael Bendis run. And don't get me wrong. It doesn't hold a candle I'm to... I'm one of those people. I'm just going to say that now. It doesn't hold a candle to the DNA run in any way. I'm still having a lot of fun with it. Are you? Okay. It's fine. It's not great. Like, the DNA run. It's not going anywhere. Like... And f- I disagree. Like, the first couple issues were fine, because they actually dealt with the Guardians. And then I felt like after that, 
It was, let's do tie-ins to get people to actually read this. And this was my difficulty. For whatever reason, we're going to have Gladiator hate all up on Jean Grey, and let's tie in Yeah, that didn't make any sense to me. That seemed really out of character for him. Exactly. Like, that whole bit seemed completely pointless. But it's still going on even to the most current issue. It's not like I was just for the trial of Jean Grey and it was just for a tie-in. It's still a thing. Like Okay, and and the whole Angela thing, I understand we've talked about this before. It's a whole, you know, big middle finger to spawn, dude, and all that, and rights and all that stuff, but that seemed like it wasn't really going anywhere. You know, seemed, although now that they've announced where they're going with it, I, I'm actually 100% on board. I think like it's the whole really Thor. cool. It, okay. it's gonna, it's, she's from the 10th the realm, which was written out of history, and she's Thor and Loki's half-sister, or at least Thor's half-sister. Thor's half-sister, yeah. And it was, it was, that's going to be an original sin as well. And I, that, for me, seems really interesting. And now that her and Gamora have really become BFFs... Do you want to kill like, people? <laughs> yeah. Like... That, I'm having a lot of fun with that. Okay. Like, I agree. In the beginning, it was like, what is the point of this? I don't get it. But now it does seem like it is actually going somewhere. Okay. All right. And I, it seems to me that the overall story is Jason and his dad. That is true. And, and his dad just being that. the biggest jerk. And I did enjoy that in issue 100. Or, well, not issue 100, but like the 100th Guardian. I think it was four, issue 14. Issue 14. Was, was the 100th the, overall Guardian. Exactly. Of the issue or something I did like enjoy that. that, the kind of back and forth. And I have noticed how they've changed him kind of through, even throughout this run, or the start, they did the more classic look to his outfit. Because, I mean, there's the, there's the... One of the more classic looks, yeah. Well, yeah, the classic helmet with the, you know... Yellow and blue Yeah, and the yellow and blue. You know, I, I'm still in favor of the abnet look, the military outfits kind of thing, the gas mask kind of feel to it all. Um, and now they've moved to one that looks just like the movie costume, which exactly. is kind of... I don't want to say the best of both worlds, but it has the mask, and it's a cool different look. Yeah. It has a very distinguished, or not distinguished, but very distinct silhouette. And yeah. so it's very distinctly him, and now he's going to have his own solo series coming soon. Is he? Yeah, I- I'm excited about that. Now, we've talked about, I don't think this was ever recorded, but maybe, so it might be retreading, but I don't think so. A cameo I want to see in the movie, and that I think could happen, All right. would be oh, yes, yes. for uh, Peter's dad, Jason, yeah. mm-hmm. uh, King of Spartax. His dad, as drawn in the comics right now. Has a mustache. Well, has a beard and a mustache. Yes. But he looks a lot, and I thought this even to the most recent issue, I was like, man, this looks like this specific actor. Nick Offerman, Ron Swanson from Parks and Recreation, which Chris Pratt, who plays Star-Lord, Peter Quill, is also in. They are drawing him to look so much like Nick Offerman, I can't think it's a coincidence, and I think he, he would be perfect in that role. And especially since they've been drawing... Star-Lord to look, look a lot like Chris Pratt recently, I feel. Sure. And so, like, if they're drawing him to look like someone, why wouldn't they, you know, draw his dad to look like Offerman? So I can agree with that. And I, I just hope that that happens. I won't be, like, crushed if it doesn't. I don't even know that his dad has any role in the movie yeah. since um, uh, James Gunn has based the script more off of the Abnett Landing run. He even yeah. brought them in as, like, consultants and stuff because he loves that run. And that's what he was writing from. And the new one kind of, wasn't out yet. Yeah, and I, was which I appreciate because the costumes more, look more that way and everything. I really, yeah. So you talk about, in this current run, we've got Angela, who's this mysterious character, big middle finger to uh, Tom McFarlane. I almost said Seth MacFarlane, so it was Seth right. Seth MacFarlane. <laughs> <laughs> well, that too. Sure, yeah, why not? why not? And then you also have another recent addition that both of us were very thrilled about, I think. I, I was, because I'm a fanboy, but... 
That would yeah. be uh, the current Venom, Flash Thompson, Eugene yep. Thompson. Um, old one-time Spider-Man bully, or one-time Peter Parker bu- bully. Yeah. Um, pretty much since the beginning, Spider-Man's biggest fan. Yeah, uh, president of the fan club. and yeah, uh, Disabled stuff. war veteran, mm-hmm. who's now the holder of the Venom symbiote. And for the first time in... Venom's history since Secret War, as far as I can remember, is actually in space, which yep. seemed weird at first, but yep. the moment you sit and think about it for a second, makes perfect sense. And and so let me say, I missed the, I guess it was the free comic book day issue, right. where they introduced him into the Guardians, so I just picked up the Guardians issue, and I was like, okay, so he's part of it now, I don't understand where they're going with it. Basically, this. he's the Avengers liaison, just like Tony was the Avengers liaison in the first oh, couple issues. And that was that was the other thing where I was like, oh, you're just working in Tony to try to get people to... Hey, if this. it works. But, which, which, the ending of which was fantastic. Where they're oh, yeah. sitting in the either, they're like, you know this live, right? We don't care. Click. <laughs> Tony sleeps with Gamora. It doesn't go well. But, which uh, confused me so much. But, but anyway. uh, so now... He is on the team, and I'm really, really enjoying it. He's now the new Avengers liaison to the Guardians. Yeah. Um, and he's been kidnapped by the Scrolls who want the yep. symbiote, and uh, which are yeah. actually touching on the backstory of symbiotes, which is really good because and I, I it's think been I'm, done before, but not in a while and not very well. I was about honestly. to say it's been I can't even, when was when was uh, Planet symbi- of the Symbiotes? Planet of the Symbiotes, like '96. I was about to say that's so old. I um, have all of those. I think they were all flip books. I'm about to say, yeah. The five I, issue miniseries. I've read, I think, the majority of things that involved Eddie and and Venom in general. Um, like, I don't know why, but I just love Venom. I love the symbiotes, Toxin, all of them. Cool um, idea that's, in most of its history, been written very poorly, but yeah. cool idea regardless. And now it's finally being written and, in a really cool way. Well, and it was, and this, and we talked about this before, I was really annoyed when they, when they put him in Philly for about five issues and then they yanked him. Because Big, Big Daddy Spider-Man wanted the symbiote. You know, so... Um, but I'm really glad he has a place, especially in one of my favorite series. I'm curious how that's going to play out, because I'm assuming they're going to do, you know, a arc, if not a mini-event about the symbiote down the road. We'll see. We don't know much of what's coming past Original Sin. So. That's true. Um, so we're... Really excited for this movie. We've seen all the trailers. About to say, I've I mean, watched them many yeah. times. I've had hooked on a feeling stuck in my head for hooked months on now. A feeling. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. And Bradley Cooper has definitely grown on me. I'm leaving, boom, boom, that you're in love with me. I'm hooked on a feeling, boom, boom. Anyway, sorry, you had to listen to that, listeners. Yeah, so I'm excited. And Spirit in the Sky for the last month I've had stuck in my head oh, since the second true. trailer came out. Uh, and even, even like my dad, you know, people that I know that don't read comics, see this trailer like this looks like a sci-fi movie. Like it's it looks like Star Wars had a baby with the Avengers while they were high on LSD, which I think yeah, is the most perfect version yeah, of that movie. <laughs> exactly. You know, and especially I, I really wish that new UK trailer had been you know. Uh, published obviously you can watch it. It was released in the U.S. Was it? They did. I, I don't know if in theaters, but they did make it a. Uh, they did release it for U.S. audiences. Okay, because it was so much more the characters of it, which was I think really. Uh, see, I didn't actually it. like the trailer as much. I didn't like the tone of it as much. I did think there was some good scenes, particularly at the end. But yeah. in general, it kind of made it look like generic action movie. 
like it, it left out most of the humor until that last 30 seconds. And I can see that if like if you weren't familiar with it, but I guess I was looking and it showed more of the characters and showed like, what is on the ground? It's a bomb. But again, that's that last yeah. 30 seconds. Well, that's true. And, but even before that, the whole joke thing, I don't think that was the last 30 seconds. Yeah, that was the last 30 seconds. Was it really? It went from that to the title or card like of Guardians the, the, to the bomb thing. The whole ha 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 ha, it's real. Yeah. Is the, that the joke is thing? Is that a fake laugh? Is that the joke? Well, yeah, I guess that is. Yeah, that's all the last 30 seconds of the trailer. Before that, it was mostly things we've seen before cut to generic action music and edited to make it look like an action movie. Just a generic action movie. And I will say, in this trailer, uh, Quill looks a little more like Andy, it almost seemed like. Like, come on, guys, let's do this thing. And well, I like, think that fits Star-Lord for most of the time. It does. It's trying to pull these, you know, eccentric characters together the best you can. Yeah. So... But I'm, I mean, I'm, in the comics, he had to trick everybody else through, I think, telepathy into joining the team in the first place anyway. And they yeah, got really ticked when they found out by the end. Yeah. He's not telepathic, but he got someone else to he do got, it. I think he got One Mantis. of the team's many telepaths. I was about to say, I'm pretty sure he got Mantis to do it. Yeah. I think so. So in the movie, in addition to our main guardians, as the villains, well, I should take that back. As Roman Day, we have John C. Riley, one of the Nova uh, members. Is he Nova? Like, I wasn't sure about that. He's, he, Roman Day, if I recall correctly, is the guy who... Um, gave the Nova Force to Richard Ryder in the first place. Okay. You have Nova Prime being played by Glenn Close. You have the Collector being played by Benicio del Toro. Oh, I forgot he was in it. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, you have. Is he a villain? Do you think, or he's? Just I don't think so. I think he's just a neutral. Yeah. yeah okay. Neutral. I mean, technically, at least in the comics, good guy. Who? Good. Good. No, he, I'm doing air quotes. Good guy. He, he's saving um, superpowered things for the big collapse to save for the next universe. He's yeah. trying to protect to protect them. Does that often put him at odds with heroes? Yes. Yes, but it doesn't mean he's a bad guy. Uh, you have Thanos being voiced by Josh Brolin. Is Thanos in it? I didn't know yeah. that. As in, like, history of Gamora or, like, as an actual present character? Present character for a very small period, from what I understand, and the rest of it will be more... Think um, the Emperor in Empire Strikes Back. Where he only shows up via okay. like Giving holograms and stuff, yeah. but then I believe he will have at least a small physical presence towards okay. the end of the movie. You have Nebula, kind of Gamora's half adopted sister, yeah. played by Karen Gillan, Amy Pond from Doctor Who. You have Ronan the Accuser, Jakus, um, played by oh crap, I can't think of his name. Wait, off is my head. Karen Gillan the blue one? Nebula, yeah. Oh, I didn't realize she was the blue one. <laughs> the one that she shaved her head to play. Yeah, okay. Uh, I, I cannot remember off the top of my head the name of the actor who's playing um, Ronan, but he's on Halt and Catch Fire on AMC right now, which I'm enjoying quite a bit. Lee, Lee Pace. Lee Pace. That's the actor's name. Looks very creepy as Ronan. This is more the ultimate Ronan yeah. than the 616 Ronan, from what say, I understand. Yeah. But still, he looks say, like Ronan. Because 616 Ronan has been good-ish for a while. He fights for the Kree. That's oftentimes yeah. going to put him at odds with, with Earth, you know. Yeah, but not try to kill all of humanity kind of level. Not usually, but I think that's more of an ultimate thing, yeah. where he's more, he's Thanos' son, or adopted yeah. son, or something like that. Um, and then who else do we have? Oh, Korath, the, um, the not Devourer, Korath, the, dest- not Destroyer, a lot of people have a something-the-something something name, yeah. but played by da- Jaiman Hansu, uh, who you see in the trailer, he's a who? guy. Korath the... Whatever. Mm, shaved heady. Um, <laughs> Cybernetic implant dude, yeah. I'm super excited for this movie. Uh, so am I. I'm more excited than you are. Are you? I'll fight you for being more excited. <laughs> Alright, let's do this. 
No, I think if if you'd have gone back five years ago and told me, yeah. you know, you know, twenty one ish year old me, almost twenty two year old, hey, there's gonna be a Guardians of the Galaxy movie in a couple of years. I'd be like you're out of your mind. No one's ever gonna make a Guardians of the Galaxy movie. Like it's just ridiculous premise. Or, or I would have I would have agreed to it, but I wouldn't have taken it seriously. I would have thought it would have been more the B realm of things than anything else. Not the major movie of the summer. Right, right. Yeah. Well, one of them. I mean, there's a lot of big movies. Yeah. But I cannot wait. This movie has every possibility of letting me down. I really hope it doesn't because I have really high expectations. But at the same time, as long... Here's the weird thing that you're going to be mad about. As (laughs) long as it's as good as the Bendis run, I will be happy. That is like a baseline of... It's more or less what I want. It doesn't strive for anything in particularly great, and it's not a, the world's best interpretation, but it's better than nothing, and it's decent. I want more the DNA run, but if it's if it's just to the level of the Bendis run, I'll I, be happy. I I wouldn't. So here's the: I don't think it can be the Bendis run because the Bendis run is relying on so many other things. It, yeah, you pretty much get these characters. You're but I mean, in terms of are. characterization. But like I feel like even just as a getting the team together movie, like I don't particularly want either one of them. Like I want it to kind of be its own thing in that it has to pull the getting the team together kind of at that landing, but also kind of where Marvel is right now. And so I kind of do want it to be its own thing. It goes on direction. Like, Rocket being, um, you know, Bradley Cooper, as opposed to maybe, you know, what it's been in my mind. Like, I'm fine with a different interpretation of things. As long as my stipulation is, if none of the other Marvel movies had happened, I, I would hope that this movie could stand on its own. I think so. Just like, as a sci-fi movie. That's what I hope for it. I think Marvel's had a very good track record of that, with the exception of maybe Iron Man 2. Pretty much all of them could stand on their own. Yeah. Yes, they reference things that happen in other movies. Yes, there's character development that carries over in previous movies. But aside from that one, and even that one does to an extent, um, it just doesn't work very well as a movie. I mean, Captain America 2 works just fine as its own movie. Captain America 1, Iron Man 3, Thor, Thor 2, Avengers. Um, I mean, Avengers would also be, I'd say, the other kind of exception. It works very well as its own thing, but you do need to have quite a bit of character information, most of which they do provide in that movie, but it would help a lot to see the others. Absolutely. Do I have anything else to say about Guardians? No, not at all. Well, Matthew Marks, I hope you're happy. This episode is just for you and everyone else. But... (laughs) Nope, just for you. No no one else can listen. Until next time, I'm Jordan from Jersey. I'm Pierce from Jersey. And this has been Jersey Shore. Have a great week, everybody. And uh, Uga Chaka. Ooga chaka, ooga chaka, ooga. Thanks for listening to Jersey Shore. You can contact us at Jordan at LegionofDudes.com. That's J O R D A N. Or you can leave us a voicemail, 972 798 3830, and just let us know that you're leaving it for Jersey Shore. You can follow me on Twitter at Jordan FRM Jersey, and iTunes ratings and reviews are always appreciated. And if you enjoy the show, don't forget to check out HHWLOD.com for lots of great content just like it. Thank you.